Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America. When we look back years from now, we'll know whether we met this moment. You know, so you got to let me tell you something, because that's so important. Because all of you, we will meet this moment. This has been the President of the United States of America. May God have mercy on our souls. Stu does America. Welcome to all Tucker Carlson exiles. It's 8 p.m. Thank you so much for coming to Stu Does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Help us push back against the rapid, unscheduled disassembly of America. Use the promo code Stu to save 10 bucks on a subscription. If you're watching on YouTube, click like right now and subscribe to the channel as well. We really do appreciate it. Chad Felix Green is going to be here to start to talk to us a little bit about the LGBTQQIA2 plus community. Now, even the left seems to be spooked by Joe Biden's highly advanced age. We'll get into that as well. But we start by doing the left's takeover scheme. Yes, this is all a wonderful grand plan. And if you happen to be someone who is watching Tucker every night and is over here uh, as you're just homeless right now, (laughs) your network just canceled your favorite host. And so we appreciate you coming out and checking this out. We'll hold the fort down until we find out what's next with Tucker Carlson. Um, But what's fascinating here to see is this really involved and expertly planned um, execution of a, of a scheme that is going on by the left right now to try to limit your voice, to try to make sure you uh, aren't heard, to make sure that you, the truth doesn't reach you in one way or another. And I don't think it works. I think the American people are smarter than that. I think eventually we wind up realizing that this is a, a failed strategy but it's one, if we don't take it seriously, can really do damage to the republic. Let's start this off with Tucker Carlson. Of course, he's at Fox News. He was let go this week. He seems to be enjoying life. He's hanging out, trying to figure out what's next. We'll, we'll of course, keep you updated as that comes. But the media is in full dance on the grave mode right now. They think they've got this big win and they want to point out all sorts of things about uh, how this is going to go down here as Fox News Let's Tucker go. Is it going to really be that bad? CNN basically says no. Fox News' sudden firing of Tucker Carlson may have come down to one simple calculation. When you read the piece, the calculation is Fox News is more important than the hosts. Fox News is more important than the ideas. Fox News is Fox News because Fox News is the network of choice for so many people. And no matter what they put on, you'll come back. That's kind of their calculation here. They don't, you know, sure, they might be, you know, uh, pushing your nose in it right now, but you'll still come back for dinner the next day. And that's not something that I think most people certainly would want to admit to themselves. Or is it really even true? Now, one of the reasons why this point always comes up in one of these controversies that Fox News will be fine no matter what they do is because eventually, over the course of many years, often they can do okay. They might not get back up to those same numbers, but they usually are able to replace a host with someone who's competent and can do the job. And, of course, Fox News is a powerhouse as a network. Uh, CNN wrote this. Meanwhile, the network itself has also endured. It it is pretty much enshrined as a law of physics in the universe of right-wing media that whoever the Murdochs put in prime time will rate. In some cases, certain shows have outrated their predecessors. Beck, our own Glenn Beck, was replaced by the higher-rated The Five, for instance. Now, this is... 
revisionist history times 1,000, as of course, The Five is actually a good show. We like the people on The Five. Um, you know, they, the, the Five has done pretty well in the five o'clock slot. Now, th- that slot had never rated at all before Glenn got there, but Glenn made it into kind of a, an appointment viewing, and it did hold at some level. Though I will say, I mean, I was looking up the ratings, they got 229,000 in the demo. This is what, of course, advertisers care about. Um, that's the number that all these networks look at. 229,000 in the demo. I just went back to a random day in June 2010, which was sort of towards the end of Glenn's time on Fox News, and he had 603,000. So, I mean, I, you know... I don't, I, it's hard to understand why, it's not, no, 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 knock on the five, they do pretty well, actually. Um, but, you know, there's been a lot of erosion there from the audience. Now, of course, something, some of that has to do with digital uh, streaming services and, and, and other factors in the media landscape. But, you know, look, it's hard to replace a host when they go away, especially if they're very, very successful. And right now, Fox News is finding that out. Um, look, the ratings are, are way, way down over at Fox. Now, they're way, way up here. They're way, way up at other places, especially in this hour, because people are looking for something. People are free agents for the first time in a while. They may have watched Tucker every single night for the past five years and all of a sudden are saying, well, if you're going to take away the host that I've been listening to and, and, and who's been giving me what I see as the truth here, good analysis of the news every night. You're just going to rip that away from me for some unexplained reason. Well, then screw you. I'll go somewhere else. And of course, people are doing that like crazy. Fox News ratings at 8 p.m. have dropped 50 percent since Tucker's firing. On Wednesday night, Fox's fill-in show at 8, Fox News Tonight, delivered a total audience of 1.332 million viewers, which dropped Fox into second place behind MSNBC's All In with Chris Hayes at 1.377. Now, I will say, both of those numbers are terrible, by the way, also compared to what we were doing back in the day, but 1.3 million, you're losing to Chris Hayes? Like the Chris Hayes on MSNBC, that guy, you're losing to him. Does anyone even know he's on? That's an incredible, incredible statement. Now, it gets worse. Last Friday was Tucker Carlson's last night. He drew a total audience of 2.65 million viewers. That number largely held on Monday night, 2.59 million viewers, but was cut to 1.7 million viewers on Tuesday and then 1.3 million on Wednesday, just 50% of Carlson's audience from five days earlier. And of course, you can't really compare his last show, which is a Friday. Friday usually has lower ratings on cable news, especially if you have a nighttime show, because you know people go out and they have lives. So you can't really compare a Friday to a midweek show, but that's totally a different story. Fox News has also long lost among adults 2554. Again, these networks only really care about this number. The, the, the total viewer number you know, has some value for influence and, you know, uh, bragging rights and all that. But the, the networks only care about the, the adults 2554 number. Uh, the key Democratic uh, demographic valued by advertisers. On Wednesday night, Fox News drew 124,000 viewers, which put Fox in third place behind All In with Chris Hayes and Anderson Cooper, 139,000 viewers. It's hard to even describe how impossible that is. That I, I, I know if you're not a cable news nerd, that might not mean anything to you. It's impossible for me to describe how terrible those numbers are. We were, as you may know, uh, Glenn and myself and a bunch of people around here worked on the Fox News channel back in the day on Glenn's show. And 
you probably remember that. What you probably don't remember is that before Glenn was on Fox News, he was on CNN Headline News. CNN Headline News is like the ugly stepsister of CNN, which already is pretty ugly. I don't know if you've seen it lately. Really not, did not hold up very well. Not aging gracefully. So you have the ugly stepchild of CNN, CNN Headline News, where they put us on at 7 o'clock. And in that time period, Glenn would beat all of these numbers. I mean, even, you know, 167,000 from Chris Hayes. We averaged more than that at CNN headline news before we left, before he even went to Fox. I mean, these are catastrophic numbers. It's impossible for me to overstate how bad those are, though Mediaite tried to help. I mean, this is this is true. Fox News bleeds viewers in prime time amid viewer fury over Tucker Carlson. Alster on Tuesday, Brian Kilmeade. And again, to note, this is not an anti-Brian Kilmeade thing. I don't even know if he's done more than one show. I think he did the first show. Fox News viewers love Brian Kilmeade. This is not a commentary at all at, on Brian Kilmeade. They probably will like a lot of the replacements that get slotted in there. Eventually, they may even come down, uh, come along, uh, come around to the host as an every night host and come back in, in larger numbers. But this is this is the audience of Fox News saying, what are you doing to us? We've supported you. We've made you into the number one, not cable news network, but really the number one network on cable. And over and over and over again, you've kind of kicked us in the face when it really mattered. That's a real problem. On Tuesday, Kilmeade raked in 1.7 million viewers, shedding some 900,000 viewers from the day before. This drop coincided with a growing rage on the far right of American politics as figures like Steve Bannon, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Carrie Lake declared war on Fox. I, well, Fox is a really important institution uh, among uh, the conservative ecosphere. I think it's really important that it doesn't suck. Like, that is really an important thing. I know we compete with Fox News at some level, um, but I root for other conservative networks to succeed because I honestly am not in this because I really care all that much about one particular business. It's important to me that the blaze succeeds, of course. It's important to me that I have a job and I can feed my family and, you know, do the things that I want to do. But, you know, we're we get you know you, you can do that in sports, right? Like you can do that in all sorts of different jobs. You don't need to go into conservative media where half the nation thinks you're a Nazi murderer every night. You care about these things. You care about these principles. You care about the future of the country. That's why you get into this. So Fox News disintegrating is not good. I do not think that is a positive thing at all. I think that's a very bad thing for America. We do need a big mainstream available everywhere type of channel like that to do some of these things. The question is, do they want to do it anymore? It doesn't seem like it. The fact that we have a Fox News that is watered down and pathetic, if that's the outcome here at the end of the day, it's not worth saving. And that is really scary. Um, so they go through, you know, the, the people who are upset about it. Kilmeade brought in over only 149,000 viewers in the demo, which landed him in third behind CNN and MSNBC. And here's the, here's the kicker. The lowest demo rating for the hour on Fox since before 9-11. Now, I'm not talking about 9-11-2022. I'm talking about 9-11-2001. You remember the whole thing with the planes and the terrorism and all that? We have to go back all the way before that day to see ratings this bad. 
it is incredible what is going on. And you can see, uh, you know, in the, uh, we've got a graph here of the ratings, and you can see here, Chartapalooza, here on the Studios America program, Conservative Nerds Unite. You see the ratings are pretty flat for Tucker, and then he has his last show on Friday. Fridays are usually a little bit lower. And then the next day on Monday, on uh, April 24th, you see pretty much flat. A lot of people may not have even heard about this during the day. They tuned in to see the show they thought was there, and Tucker was not there. And then you see the massive drop-off on Tuesday and Wednesday. Half of your audience. And it's interesting to kind of put this in the same light as Bud Light. Fox News itself has had host after host after host and guest after guest after guest bragging about how, uh, you know, Bud Light is down 17% in sales. Well, what is this? Bud Light's not down 50%. We can all say it's a good thing that, you know, Bud Light gets a little slap on the wrist here at the very least when it comes to being too woke, but... Doesn't Fox News acknowledge here that they're getting a much bigger slap? This is a really remarkable thing. And, you know, as someone who's worked in cable news for way, way, way too long or some version of it, it's hard to describe the earth-shaking effects of something like that. Remember, this is the network that when they lost a few viewers to Newsmax after they called Arizona on the early side, they panicked like crazy. All of their hosts were t- sending back and forth text messages about how they were losing audience. This is catastrophically worse than what was happening after the election. Do they actually care? Are they going to change anything? Will they even address their audience and say, hey, this is why we did this? Do they even owe you that much respect? Do they care about you at all? Are they even going to tell you what happened? Are you just going to be completely left out in the cold when your favorite show goes away that you've been watching for five, seven, nine years? That's just not the right way to do things. I think for the first time watching this Tucker Carlson thing go on, people are waking up to the fact that, you know, there are places out there that can do this sort of thing. The thing I'm talking about here is to tell the truth, to be honest, to not care about the consequences. You know, one of the blessings of working at a place like The Blaze is that I don't have to care about what people say about me. I never, ever consider it. I never have to worry about it. Now, look, if I, I'm sure there's some limit of what I could say. I could say something really, really stupid and get in actual trouble. But, like, in reality, every day I come in here and I think about the stuff I want to talk about, and then I come on here and I say it to you, and then we move on with our lives. Because I don't have to sit here and care. You know, sure, there are thousands of people tweeting how evil my opinions are, but I don't care. In fact, what I'm incentivized to do here at The Blaze is the opposite of apparently what the incentives are over at Fox. We certainly saw this firsthand when we were there at some level, but it seems to be getting considerably worse now. What, we're, what I do here is I'm incentivized to tell you the truth. I'm incentivized to be honest with you. They... Up in, uh, up in the rafters up there, when I have meetings with them, they never say, hey, you should tone down on this. They want you to go farther. They want you to be as honest as you possibly can be. And this is unfortunately the only place left that incentivizes honesty everywhere else. And I'm not talking about media. I'm talking about uh, if you're an accountant, if you're selling cars, if you're uh, owning a restaurant. You are incentivized to hide what you actually believe, to bury it, to just don't don't, ripple the water in any way 
because you could be punished. You could be targeted. You could be the next example. You could be the next masterpiece cake shop. You could be the person who's dragged through the courts for a decade over something that you said. Only in places like this are you even incentivized to tell the truth. That's really important. We can't lose that. You know, you think about the institutions that conservatives lean on to, to hear the truth. What are they? Well, there are places like Fox News. There are places like the, the digital uh, ecosphere that has popped up around conservative thought. There are places like talk radio. And you're seeing with Fox News, and, and I will say many other places right now, the weakening of these institutions, the targeting of these institutions over and over again. It's a fight to even hear the truth these days. Where do you go to find it? This is, of course, why Glenn started The Blaze a million years ago. You'll note he started it after leaving Fox. That is not a coincidence. Not a coincidence whatsoever. Glenn was offered an extension to stay at Fox, as we've covered a couple times this week. He didn't want to stay at Fox because he believed he wanted to go to a place where he could say what he wanted to with no restrictions. He was very early on this. You're seeing a lot of people now that have jumped into this uh, way of doing things. And it's a smart way of doing things because it lets you be you. It lets you express yourself the way you want to express yourself. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, you know, you know, some of the other crazy stuff that you see when people are like, oh, I just need to express myself. I'm saying just be honest. Just say the things that you believe. Do not be terrified by what might come of your commentary on a day-to-day basis. The entire conservative movement is being targeted on all sides, and this is not a coincidence. They are coming for conservative thought because defeating conservative thought is hard. Winning on the basis of ideas is hard. Silencing people is a lot easier. How do you get the actual truth every day? If you're a conservative, how do you get it? You probably get it through some combination of Fox News, the digital conservative media uh, space, or uh, AM talk radio. Well, think about how those are all being targeted. Fox News, it's pretty obvious how that's being targeted this week. Um, Conservative media, we saw Matt Walsh get banned from YouTube. There's hosts around here that uh, have just been banned from YouTube or demonetized from YouTube. They're coming after conservative thought. They're banning people. They're, they're demonetizing them. They're, they're squelching them. They're squelching their reach all, all over the place, no matter what the uh, source is, with the probable exception of Twitter. Really, Twitter is the only exception to that. And that's just because, you know, Elon Musk is friendly to free speech and he happens to have over $100 billion. But how many times can you depend on that magic trick? And the last one that people aren't even talking about is conservative talk radio. A large portion of that still remains on AM radio and still dependent on by millions and millions of people. And the automakers are talking about taking AM radios out of cars completely. So you can't even access these stations anymore. Some of the EV manufacturers are saying, um, AM radios might uh, interfere with, uh, with our cars, so we can't put them in anymore. Oh, really? You can't figure that problem out? I doubt it. Imagine a world where you don't have AM radio, you don't have podcasts, you don't have Fox News Channel in any real form. What do you do then? This is a targeted and coordinated attack. We're going into an election year and they don't want you to hear the truth.
They want to be able to say these things and never have them challenged. And when you get in your car, you can't turn on the talk show that you love because it's not there. And when you go to the podcast, maybe that's been censored. Maybe that's been deplatformed. When you go to a subscription service, maybe that's been targeted at the, at the level of the Internet provider. Uh, when you go to watch Fox News Channel, maybe your, your host isn't there that night. Over and over and over again, this targeting is happening. And if these institutions fall, there's going to be no home for the truth. You do need a home for the truth. We're trying to provide that here at The Blaze. Join us. BlazeTV.com slash stew is the place to go to subscribe. If you use the code stew, you'll save 10 bucks. That's great. We'd love to have you there. But even if you, if you find us on YouTube, you find us on podcasts, wherever you can, any way that you can support conservative, independent voices, I think it's crucial. We've got an election coming up next year, an election that's going to be massively important. If our voices are taken away and your voices are taken away, there's going to be nobody left to speak the truth. Now, we we we're Americans, right? We live a lifestyle that maybe isn't the healthiest one. We kind of throw everything at our livers, uh, cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, cigarettes, all these things. And many of us have a sluggish, fatty liver that makes gaining weight and losing energy much more likely. For decades, your liver has helped you uh, with 500 key functions every day. So it's time to help your liver with Liver Health Formula. Liver Health Formula is an all-natural supplement, contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. So if you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, and transform how you look and how you feel, try Liver Health Formula. Receive five free gifts when you order today. You get a bottle of the blood sugar formula to help uh, reduce sugar cravings. You'll get a bunch of e-books to help support every aspect of your health. You'll like it. Try Liver Health Formula today by going to getliverhelp.com slash stew. Claim your five free bonus gifts. Getliverhelp.com slash stew to try Liver Health Formula. We have a couple of really important, hard, fast rules on this program. Maybe the most important is we're not calling you Zoe if you spell your name Z-O-O-E-Y. Uh, you're Zoe. And that goes for you, Zooey Deschanel, or Zooey D Channel, or whatever your name is. We here hold the line on Zoe spelling. It's not Z-O-O-E-Y, so I will bring to you the case of Zooey Zephyr, a representative in Montana that is a transgendered uh, representative and apparently has uh, had their voice silenced forever. I want to get into the details on that and bring in Chad Felix Green. He's the author of Surviving Gender, My Journey Through Gender Dysphoria, which is available wherever you get your books. Make sure to check that out. Chad, how's it going? Good. Good. How are you? Very well. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, uh, the situation in Montana is being framed a very interesting way. Uh, the representative there is saying that the silencing is trying to drive a nail in the coffin of democracy and they are using decorum as a tool of oppression. Uh, is there anything to this case? Are they just silencing uh, this person because they are trans? Uh, no. Um, I, I haven't decided on a pronoun, but um, I suppose Ms. Uh, Zephyr is expecting to be treated in a special way because they are passionate about their belief and they think that they are fighting for justice, therefore the rules don't apply to them. And as um, I've mentioned to this person a couple times on Twitter, 
you're not being targeted. You're just being asked to play by the rules you agreed to when you were elected, just like everyone else's. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a relatively rational request. And what this boils down to is, a, is an incident earlier where uh, Zoe, or Zoe, as, as uh, she, he calls himself, um, is, went on to this rant about um, uh, these rules, these, as they call them, anti-trans rules, and basically came down on the side that this was putting, this was giving blood on the hands of all of the other representatives who didn't agree. If you don't agree with the left on trans issues, blood is on your hands. Um, and it's a sort of this like expectation that if you don't go their way, you're causing suicides, you're causing murder, you're causing violence towards trans people. Nobody wants any of those things. But that is the constant refrain from the left and honestly, a very supportive media. I know you've looked into this quite a bit. Can you kind of walk people through if this claim is true? Absolutely. Um, so if you uh, if you follow uh, Jesse Signal at all, um, he has a great um, media report called the media spreading bad trans science that kind of breaks down how all of the studies, especially the studies focusing on suicidality, are extremely weak. Um, even by um, left wing standards, they are very difficult to support. They're just repeated uh, over and over. And we often hear that 40% of transgender people are uh, suicidal and transgender youth are suicidal. Uh, that comes from adults being asked about their past um, as a self-report. Um, it's all very subjective. It's all very um, unscientific. And there is no solid evidence. There's no flimsy evidence, really, to support that any kind of gender treatment reduces suicidality um, because we're not treating anything that can be measured. Uh, there is no real understanding of why a person experiences gender incongruence or anxiety, why that would cause them to feel suicidal uh, when many other disorders um, that, that affect your physical self, you know, blindness or Down syndrome or just so many other birth concerns that they claim this is, do not cause that level of suicidality. And there's no evidence that the treatment is going to prevent suicide in, in the future. And there are a lot of studies that show that suicidality doesn't really change in adults who do fully transition. So the idea is simply to bully people and to intimidate people away from carefully looking at the science, especially around minors, because we don't know that minors have a gender identity to begin with. We don't know that there's any scientific proof that anything is happening to them physically or psychologically. We don't know. So how in the world can we possibly say that a treatment is going to fix something we can't define, and if they don't get that treatment, they're going to harm themselves? Yeah, it's particularly disturbing when these treatments are life-altering and irreversible, and this seems to be the thing pushed all the time. Um, Chad, you've also written about uh, about violence toward trans people uh, over the years, and I've always found this to be really fascinating because the, the pitch from the media is trans people are targeted uh, for uh, violence by uh, what's at least insinuated 
people who are hateful, I guess maybe Christians, uh, hateful people on the right who can't accept their, uh, their, the way they're living and target them for random violent attacks in the street. And if we do not change the way we approach these rules and, and the way we talk about these issues, this is going to get much, much worse. And conservatives and people on the right are going to continue to murder transgendered at, uh, people at incredibly high rates. You've actually dug into the data and looked at, I mean, it's hundreds of these cases of murders of trans people. What did you find? So from 2013 uh, forward, when the Human Rights Campaign and LGBT or Advocacy Org began to list them yearly, I've looked through all of them. And in the last decade, there are less than 10 cases that could really be considered hate crimes. Typically, they involve a young man reacting violently to a trans woman upon finding out that he's male. Um, I'm currently researching a book that's going back to 1970. I'm researching every reported um, transgender murder that I can find to see if, if there have been trends over time. Um, I've already got more than 800 citations. I'm only into the 80s. And consistently, what we're finding is that it's not about hate. It's about already risky behavior, sex work, domestic violence, drugs, and primarily deception. Um, a trans woman essentially tricks a, man, a straight man into having sex with her, and he reacts violently. Sometimes those are crimes of passion, and sometimes they're premeditated. They're always handled by law enforcement. These, these men get 40 years or life in prison. They're, no one is being um, treated you know, differently because of being trans. But when it comes down to it, there just is no evidence over the last 50 years, and certainly not, not in the last 10 years, of any targeted violence towards LGBT at all, but certainly not trans people. And it's really fascinating. Again, like so it's not just, you know, you know, people in Charlottesville with their tiki torches looking around for trans people to assault on the streets. You know, this is potentially a sex worker who advertises themselves at one at one gender, brings in a client. That client then realizes the other gender is actually present and loses their mind. Again, a crime and something that should not happen, uh, but totally different than what the media portrays. Why are they doing this, Jeff? It's it's uh, part of the. Um critical race theory and the intersectional type mindset that we see from the left that um, bad things don't happen because of your choices, bad things happen because of society. Uh, the HRC openly admits on their websites that the majority of these murders listed are not hate related, but they are the result of hateful policies that lead to homelessness or lead to um, not having the same opportunities or they disproportionately target um, black trans women. Uh, what they don't describe, though, is that the perpetrators are more than 90 percent black men. So it's. It's part of the overall idea that minority groups are disproportionately disadvantaged because of systemic problems like racism and sexism and homophobia and so forth. And they refuse to discuss it honestly, because if we talked about these cases honestly, we would have to come to the, to the realization that most of these murders are preventable because they are choices that lead to a person being in a very risky environment. 
We're not saying that it's their fault that they were murdered, but they have dramatically increased their chances of of experiencing violence because of sex work, because of drugs, um, and because of domestic violence. Mm. Um, one more here before you go, Chad. The, the, there's a study out now saying that one in four high school students identify as LGBTQ. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about this and that like, well, you know, the left might say, well, it's being more accepted now. And that's why people are talking about it and kind of, you know, admitting what they believe where maybe they hid that in the past. And that's why there's this massive increase. Um, you know, people on the right, I would say, are generally seemingly argue this seems to be some sort of social contagion. Um, what what's the answer here? Why are these numbers so high? Well, the uh, the study is again, um, it's not a it's not an honest, straightforward study. Uh, gay and lesbian percentage, which is about three percent, has not changed in decades. Mm. Um, trans were not actually mentioned in the study. Uh, what we're what they showed was twelve percent and five percent uh, increase in questioning and bisexual nature in girls. So teenage girls are identifying suddenly as bisexual, which, yes, bisexual people exist, but um, there isn't the same, you know, social uh, obligation as coming out as gay. Uh, And it very obviously looks as though it's just a social trend, uh, because the other numbers have stayed the same, and they stay relatively the same across from Zoomers to um, Gen X of about 3% of people identify as, as gay or lesbian. So the only explanation for a sudden spike of 12% of young girls only ex- identifying, you know, self-reporting as bisexual is they think it's cool. <laughs> they think that it, it's positive. And with schools so openly celebrating LGBT identity, um, it makes sense. It, it's, it was very different when I was the only openly gay student in, in my high school than now when it seems to just be the new goth or the new Wicca or the new, you know, punk. It's just a trend. Oh, I do remember those goth and Wicca days. Um, it, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing. I, I, and I would love for you to come back when, when you're done with your book, because I, mean, I think it's a really, I mean, it's, it's one of those stats that's thrown around all the time by the media and it's just accepted as completely true with no context. So I'm really happy you're doing uh, all of this research and trying to tell the truth. Chad Felix Green, the book is Surviving Gender, My Journey Through Gender Dysphoria. Be sure to check it out. It is available now. And uh, do, we, do we know when the new book comes out, Chad? I'm halfway done. Um, I, I'm hoping by the end of the year, I'm also going to have a website that provides all this data uh, in every single case that I find so that people can research them themselves and, and link to them. So um, hopefully by the end of the year. All right. Keep us updated. Definitely come back on and talk to us about it when it's ready. Chad, thanks so much for coming on the program. Absolutely. Thank you. I want to tell you about the ghost sleeve from Refuge Privacy. I, I have my ghost sleeve here. It's in my dressing room. I forgot to bring it out. I was going to show it to you. It's really cool looking. I think you'd like the way it looks. And it's more than just a, a nice piece. It is something that kind of can reverse 
the big tech peering, uh, the people who might be looking at your devices. Uh, if you're concerned about all sorts of different things, you know, when you're, when you, if you don't want to be tracked, you know, these are things you have to worry about now. It's like you ask yourself, like, do I want big tech in my pocket? And of course, your answer to that would be no, but yet there it is with you everywhere you go. The ghost sleeve can stop this. The ghost sleeve from Refuge Privacy does exactly what I'm talking about here. It's made with Faraday fabric that blocks signals to and from the phone. It has sound blocking panels on each side. So your private conversations are yours, not anyone else's. This is the only Faraday sleeve that blocks both signal and sound. Uh, each sleeve has an easy to open and close airtight seal and it uses premium Faraday fabric to block even high-frequency 5G signals. So you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Re RefugePrivacy.com. Go there today. Use the code STU. You'll save 10% off your order. RefugePrivacy.com. The code is STU for 10% off at RefugePrivacy.com. You know, when Joe Biden ran for Senate the first time, he, he criticized his opponent as being out of touch and old. And that opponent was 63 years old. Now Joe Biden is 80. He will be 82 if he is uh, sworn in for a second term and 86 at the end of it. And uh, there's a lot of talk about that. Obviously, the American people have noticed uh, Biden's age trap running risks of running at 80 is the story from Axios. But many White House officials say they're amazed at Biden's stamina, often adding the caveat for his age. This is the part that I thought was amazing, though. Jen Psaki who is Biden's first White House press secretary, acknowledged this dynamic. She noted that the president's remarks on Silicon Valley Bank crisis must have been high priority because he delivered them at 9.15 a.m. President Biden does nothing at 9 a.m. He is a night owl. Does anyone on earth believe that President Biden is a night owl? I do not. However, it is notable that no one expects this guy to be like awake during normal business hours. It's incredible. Uh, listen to this breakdown. This is by Axios. Again, this is not some conservative publication pointing this out. He's only done in his presidency four, or is this just the year? Sorry, just 2023. He's done four public events before 10 a.m., just 12 public events after six. So really just, and that's mostly dinners and receptions with foreign leaders. And he's had 12 full weekends. So far, with no public events. This type of performance is the type of thing that often leads to a new low. And today we do have one of those, a new Biden's new low. A new survey out by Gallup, yes, has a brand new low for Joe Biden. Now, this is before a potential recession around the corner. It seems like inflation is, is having all sorts of trouble. The job market's very shaky right now. And yet still only 37% of U.S. adults approved of the, and they write this in the story, of the 80-year-old president's job performance, the lowest the polling outfit has measured since the start of his presidency. 59% of adults say they disapprove of the job Biden has done, the, uh, the entire poll done in April. This is a five-point dip since February uh, in the poll from Gallup. Yes, you've experienced yet another version of Biden's new low. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, new low. 
All right, one of my favorite things growing up was uh, cereal. Like, I would go to my grandma's house, and she would she would allow me to actually get the sugary cereal. And, you know, like the Captain Crunches of the world. And those are, I mean, it's a dream uh, when you're a little kid. And the Fruit Loops, and the peanut butter cereal, and the cocoa cereal, and all that stuff. You love it when you're a kid. And as you get older, you got to start thinking about other things, like uh, sugar and carbs and all that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you wind up in a place where you really can't have that stuff anymore, at least until now. Magic Spoon is here to bring back the magic. Their cereal variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And we're talking zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four to five net carbs, coming in at only 140 calories a serving. That's high protein, zero sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, everything-free. MagicSpoon.com slash stew. Grab a variety pack. Try it today. Be sure to uh, use the promo code stew when you're checking out because you're going to save five bucks off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at MagicSpoon.com slash stew. Use the code stew. Save five bucks right now. MagicSpoon.com slash stew. A backlash has come to the magazine, it's an Indian bridal magazine, called Brides Today because of the cover model they decided to choose. And, uh, you know, hey, uh, looks, looks beautiful. Let me give you the cover of this particular bridal magazine. You just notice if you see anything out of the ordinary. Um, here it is, uh, and it's, it's interesting. I mean, I... You never, it's, there's that beautiful moment when you look at your wife and she says, I do. Um, that's, uh, it's very, look, I don't even know, I, I, I need to do a rant on this at some point because I'm most interested here, not even in this particular issue, but in the way these companies and publications operate. Like, it's not that everybody is mega woke and that's all they want to do, right? Like that's like Ben and Jerry's is like that, right? They're woke about everything. They're proud to tell you. They just, you know, something there. They don't seem to like Jews very much. But generally speaking, they'll tell you any left-wing cause they support and they want it, that's the way they want to run their company. Other companies seem to just be playing this game. They're trying to market enough to certain demographics or pass some weird ESG test. I'm fascinated in the breakdown of this. We'll have to maybe rant a little bit on this uh, next week. But for all of you subscribers out there for our brides today, I hope your wonderful dress is coming, sir. Okay, so here's what happened. Woman wants a sandwich. She takes her ham out. She eats the top slice off of the pack and then goes back down and sees something blatantly obvious that you will notice right away when you see the picture, a picture of Princess Diana in the ham. Now, I don't know that I see it. And in fact, I actually see it less after I see their really bad drawing of where her face is supposed to be. But if you do look at, I will say, what is the yellow stuff on the outside of these ham slices? It honestly looks kind of like golden blonde hair. So. There you go. Maybe uh, Princess Diana is coming back in uh, Princess Diana is coming back in uh, Ham to go to the coronation uh, on May 6th. We'll see if that's the case. But she should. This person should definitely bring the Ham with them if they're going, because uh, that would be a nice family reunion of of sorts. Okay, um, let's get your comments on YouTube. Um, I like Stu. 
I, I, I agree. Uh, I love his humor. We watch every evening. We'll miss Tucker, though. Well, we miss Tucker, too. And, you know, look, Tucker's going to be doing something very big, I'm sure, very soon. So as soon as we find out what it is, we'll make sure to tell you. We'd still love you to check back in. If he's doing it at 8 o'clock, you can check that out. Come pop over here when you can. Watch us on demand all the time. We don't mind it. Uh, I heard uh, to boost ratings, uh, ratings, Stu is going to fire himself and then post a cryptic, cryptic video. Yes. That's on the plan. That's on the uh, on the big board for sure. I have been a Stu fan since the Tampa days. Yes, the Stu show, been long to come or too long coming. Appreciate that. Tucker Carlson is guilty of telling the truth and nothing but the truth. Fox got rid of Tucker and me. God bless Tucker Carlson. Yeah, for sure. Look, something big's coming from Tucker, and we'll hold down the fort until then. We will see you on Monday.